and I remember the way the candle looked and its image and everything. And I remember having a little bit of fear. And the lady at the shop counter said, hey, you know, she's evil. Like, you don't want to take her home. And I said to her, I'm going to ignore what you're saying because that's a stereotype. You're listening to Let's Be Omnist, the show where we are celebrating spiritual diversity, one truth, and one story at a time. I'm your host, Michael Anthony, spiritual life coach and intuitive reader from thedivinerlife.com. Thanks for tuning in to season two, episode number seven. Today, I am chatting with everybody's favorite Mexican witch, Valeria Ruelas. If you're a part of the more woo community on Instagram, you probably have seen Valeria's work because she is certainly making a name for herself as all Aquarius sons are destined to do. She certainly isn't afraid to get raw and real and show the more rebellious side of spirituality, so I really appreciate her willingness today to be vulnerable and just tell us everything that she can about her practice. Valeria Ruelas, aka The Mexican Witch, was named one of Cosmopolitan Magazine's most influential Instagram witches, and she is currently the celebrity tarot reader for Viva Latino on Spotify. She is a natural-born intuitive and a bruja, who is currently offering tarot readings as well as spiritual guidance sessions for clients all over the world via phone or video or in person in New Orleans. She recently released a book called Cosmopolitan Love Potions, which in true Cosmo fashion is all about self-care and using your inner powers to make positive change in your life, this time through a blend of traditional brujeria and modern magic. In this episode, we will talk about Valeria's magical heritage, her patron saint, Santa Muerte, and how her personal love life has shaped her magical practice. So grab yourself a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, a cup of whatever you like, because in the spirit of truth and honesty, here's my conversation with Valeria. Thank you, Valeria, for being here. I am so, so, so excited to have you on Let's Be Omnist. How are you doing today? I feel excellent. It is a slow Saturday and uh, a restful day. So that that's uh, definitely a positive for my my mindset and well-being. Really happy to be on the show with you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I've already kind of told everyone a little bit about your professional work, but I would really love to take an opportunity to hear from you a little bit about like who you are, what you do, what's your thing. Of course. So I am a professional witch, a tarot reader, and a psychic medium. Those are the kind of words I used to describe the work that I do on the daily. And I am also a published author. I wrote a book for Cosmopolitan called Love Potions. And so I'm a regular girl who does a lot of witchcraft and... (laughs) I, you know, I consider myself just very, um, you know, I'm an artistic person. Like when I'm not talking about my witchcraft, I, I, yeah, I just overall, um, you know, another important part of my work is that I do, uh, priestess work. I do ritual, uh, work with people with my Mexican practice of worshiping Santa Muerte, who is the death deity of Mexico. And yeah, that is like pretty much everything I do. And I'm a content creator. I like, I love making videos for people, astrology and tarot videos to help people through, you know, through their life stuff. That's a lot. It sounds like you, um, 
do quite a bit, a little bit in every field, which is super interesting. I feel like you're very well-rounded. Well, you Uh, know what it is, is that like, as I, you know, my witch practice has, you know, it's been going on for a while now. So what happens is that I started initially just doing very casual things like candle work for, you know, my personal self. And then afterwards, you know, I, I really, I got some trainings, I got more education, I got serious about stuff I was doing. And that's why I ended up kind of really being a, a full spectrum, witch. you know, like I do astrology as well. So there, there's kind of all these things that as you kind of go on a magical path, you know, start to call to you, um, and your intuition and then you just start to do it and that's kind of how my path has been with a lot of the, of the things that I do currently it just my intuition has drawn me to a variety of of magical practices not just one mm. I think that that's so important. I want to take a second and I want to give the listeners an opportunity to really get to know you. So we're going to play a super fun, quick game of two truths and a lie. Um, and I know you came ready. So whenever you're ready, let's go ahead and dive into those. And I will do my best to call you out. <laughs> All right. Two truths and a lie. I love this because it's just so fun to make up facts and also to share uh, kind of, I, I'm a very like silly person. So I'll share Uh, a couple of interesting things with you. So uh, one of the things that I'm going to say is I have eaten a rare meat zebra. That's one of my things. The second thing I will say is I have been to nine different countries. And the third thing I will say is that I hate pumpkins. Hmm. Okay. I want to say, oh, I really like deep down want to say that I hope (laughs) that the lie is that you've eaten zebra, but I'm actually going to say that I think the lie is that you've been to nine countries. You know what? The lie is that I hate pumpkins. Oh my gosh. No way. (laughs) Yes, because I love pumpkins. I, I mean, I, pumpkin carving is like something that I wish I could do year round. I mean, so, go for it. Why not? Do what you want. <laughs> it's, I actually did eat zebra because I'm not, so I'm not a vegetarian or a vegan. I, I support vegan lifestyles a lot and I try to eat vegan often. But, you know, in one of my uh, crazy trips, like to one of these countries, I, I love adventurous eating. Like it's one of the things that I look into uh, when I travel. I always try to find something, you know, quote unquote, weird to eat. So... Mm-hmm. This restaurant had, uh, they basically, it was in Madrid, Spain, and they basically had like every type of rare meat you could imagine. They had like bison, they had kangaroo, they had zebra, and they had like a couple of other very rare meats. And, and of course, you know, I went in and I was nervous and I I was like, okay, maybe I don't want to try the zebra, but my brave self went, just do it. Like, if you don't like it, you can order a different thing. And I ordered it. And lo and behold, it actually was pretty tasty. I mean, it was a burger, so it was seasoned. And, and it, you know, it didn't really, if anything, it just tasted a little lighter than like regular beef. So it was a very interesting experience. But a, a low-key passion of mine, too, is like, I kind of want to be like Anthony Bourdain. Like, I wish that was my job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that would I be wish so it was fun. my job. 
Yeah. So in the future, maybe, you know, that will be what I'll get to say to people. Hey, I'm like a travel, you know, a travel host and uh, I get paid to eat. (laughs) Yeah, why not? I mean, just add it to your well-rounded list of things you already do. (laughs) So actually, speaking of, you mentioned that means that you did, in fact, travel to um, nine different countries. Is travel a big thing that you like incorporate into your regular life? You just travel a lot? Yes. I think even more now that I'm very spiritual because I really believe in spirits of place. So Mm -hmm. like I travel uh, as a medium to make contact with the spirits of certain places. Like for example, I just went to France for, uh, I was there for like five days. It was ridiculously amazing. I was just in Paris, but I went there specifically to seek out the grave of a very famous medium named Alan Kardec. And it, I mean, it was a really profound experience. And then, you know, I like to do, I'm interested in shamanism and, you know, in, in the path of the, of the jungle shamanism. And yeah, I like to travel and would like to travel to more countries where I can experience plant medicine with shamans. Um, and, and it's just important, you know, to me, uh, to interact with, I'm indigenous, you know, I was born in Mexico and, and, uh, and my bloodline is obviously very diverse, but I really identify with my, you know, my indigenous mixed side. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's another reason, you know, that I like to travel is, is to really create like a, a connection to, you know, my ancestors and to where they have kind of spread over time, you know, because a lot of Latin American countries share, you know, share blood with Mexico and like our, our people have traveled all over Latin America and it's just amazing. Travel is so spiritual and, you know, of course food and, and just, I, I'm sure you feel the same way whenever I go somewhere different I just, it's so relaxing. It's such an opportunity for your subconscious mind and your, and your conscious mind to just have a a vivid and beautiful experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that when you travel, it really forces you to be in the present moment because you don't know where you are. You don't, you can't rely on like your autopilot mode to just go about where you've been and what you always do. You just have to be so aware of the moment you have to look around you have to wonder at the things you're looking at because it's part of getting around like if you don't pay attention if you don't bring yourself into the moment you're going to get lost so i think travel certainly is a very spiritual experience um absolutely you had mentioned that you were born in mexico and that you do travel you know to like different latin american countries tell me how like were you raised in a home with other Mexican witches, or is this something that you sought out on your own? Yeah. So I sought out the actual witchcraft part of the, of the practice. My mom is a white, what we would call white magic practitioner. So she is trained in curanderismo and curanderismo is basically, it's a healing art in Mexico. You know, it's our, it's, it's from the indigenous folks and it is largely based in like herbal medicine and what we call sobadas or massages that are therapeutic to uh, treat illness. And my mother, she, and she actually does a lot of work on, on babies. Like people actually come to her when babies are sick. Mm. So, so she does that. That was kind of the, the magic that I was around growing up. And then, you know, I got raised Catholic because 
of just how, you know, Mexicans are culturally Catholic or whatever. Right. And, you know, tarot cards came into my life later on in life when I was uh, after college. And I started to discover, you know, my interest in magic and my interest in ancestral work right smack dab in the middle of college when I was having, you know, a major I guess I would say spiritual awakening. And before that, I, I mostly knew witchcraft and magic from movies and television and right. uh, a little, a little bit of reading about it, but I'm, I'm what I've been telling people, I'm a kind of like a late blooming witch. Like I have always been surrounded by some sort of magic in my life. My great grandmother used to take me to the the magic stores, which we call uh, mercados or botanicas in in Mexico. And you know, I've had some like really amazing visions, or I guess I would say like memories come back to me of like being in my my great grandmother's like arms and like being taken to these stores and. That whenever I had that vision, I mean, I must I must have been like a year old whenever that happened, and uh, and and I had this vision. Uh, Santa Muerte, my saint, told me she was like, "Oh, I chose you in your family to like be the representative for this type of magic because everyone in your family has has left this faith, and you're responsible for bringing it back wow. to the lineage and reviving this tradition that has always been." very critical in your family line. And uh, it was just really cool because, you know, having that vision and, and really knowing that I've been surrounded by this mystic stuff and that, you know, my, my great grandmother was also an advisor, you know, like a spiritual advisor and uh, she was very into astrology as well. So I happen to think that a lot of the reason I, I developed my gifts was because I, I have hereditary gifts and, and I build upon them. You know, it, I have feel like I have a natural ability to do all this stuff. And, you know, I'm just thankful for the universe giving me the uh, magic and giving me tarot, you know, in particular the cards, because they're just so, I mean, they're, that's how I make a living. So it's really nice to be able to have all that. Yeah. It's not often that I really get a response from people where they say like, oh yeah, magic has been in my family. You know what I mean? I find that so many people that I've spoken to are like, I had to discover it on my own. And so it's cool that like you did both have that spiritual awakening and discover it on your own kind of post-college or during college, but then to only find out like, hey, actually, you know what? Magic's been around <laughs> around me my whole life. So you said that your mom practices what you would call like white magic or like um, herbal magic. Is yes. that was it like discussed at home or was it more kind of like a hushed kind of like kept to the family's discussion kind of thing? Well, because, because the curanderismo in Mexico and in many other places, it has a little bit of a, uh, a Catholic element to it. You know, there's a lot of prayer involved in, in curing someone from illness. So it, it was discussed very openly and I, you know, when I was growing, like I took an interest in it as well. And, and I do herbal medicine myself. I do, I make a lot of medicinal teas and, and that's another one of the, you know, quote unquote gifts. I feel like I've inherited from my mother, uh, in, in Mexico, you know, pretty much everything can be cured with medicinal, uh, medicinal herbs. So yeah, I, I feel like I was pretty open and my father occasionally makes jokes about how he was into witchcraft when he was younger and I believe him. So, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it, 
it's an open conversation, but we also, or, or them, like, you know, my parents, because they practice Catholicism, they, they're not really supposed to be doing, you know, the tarot and, and all that stuff. And so it's a funny, it's a very funny dynamic we have at home because, <laughs> you know, I, every time I fly home to my parents, I like to, I like to kind of go to my parents' house in New Mexico and stay there for prolonged amounts of time, you know, for like a week or two. And I bring my witch stuff because I just love, love doing magic. I mean, pretty much every day or every other day. And because if I don't bring it with me, I won't be protected. So I, the last time I was home, I brought a bunch of brujeria, you know, witchcraft supplies with me. And my mom was so, like, she was so mad. She was like, you can't bring this stuff in the house. Like, why are you bringing the spirit in here? Like, so it, it's just funny because all I do is I'm, I'm kind of a rebel. Like, I'll bring it into the house and I'll do my spell work in the house, even though my mom seriously has a problem with it. That's so interesting to me because I feel like, and I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like specifically... Mexican Catholicism, if there is like such a thing, the culture culture around Catholicism tends to be a little bit more on the mystic side, at least from my perception in Mexican culture, as opposed to, I don't know, like Irish Catholic or something. I've always kind of felt like it was a little more open. So it's interesting to hear you say that actually, you know, your parents are like, get that out of my house. <laughs> I don't know. That's super interesting to me. The other, the last time I was home, this is a funny story. I think it's funny. My, so my dad was having a couple beers, you know, so he was kind of loosened up a little bit and uh, I whipped out my tarot cards and normally my father will not let me read for him because he thinks it's against his religion. So I pulled them out and I like, not to say that I forced a reading on him, but he was tipsy and I was like, dad, I'm just going to read your cards. Like, let me do it. And he was like, okay, fine, whatever. And I pulled his cards and they were just like so beautiful. Like his first reading was all about his feelings and like about how he just really has a lot of like internal love and, and, and the cards really spoke to, it was super funny because it also, the cards also told me about like some conflict between my mom and my dad, which like had recently happened. And so they were very, very like personal, uh, and it was just fun to be able to like kind of share that experience with my dad, even though he didn't completely fully want it, but I still right. did it anyway. <laughs> and then to also say like, <laughs> to say like, oh, hey, you know, this is something that you may be against, but here's something really beautiful and touching and moving and healing to say like, you know, you have these things going on that you think are, you know, something you should keep to yourself, but really it's like a beautiful experience. And I think that that's always a really cool way to share, especially with family, to say like what I do isn't dark it's not the devil it's not like you know what I mean I think so many times people expect it to be doom and gloom and then when you say yeah. surprise it's actually very loving and beautiful that's a really cool moment to have so I'm I think it's cool that you had that I do want to ask you about your uh, I think you referred to her as your saint um, yes yes okay can you talk to us about Santa Muerte and like what she means to you and how you stumbled into that a little bit more of course. And I'm super happy that you said the name correctly because it just, it's really meaningful if when someone is not a, a, you know, a native Spanish speaker, when they really try to, to say things correctly. So Santa Muerte, Holy Death or Our Lady of Holy Death. I was drawn to her in the year of 20, I believe it's 2016 or so. So my practice with her again is pretty new, but 
what happened was at the time I was already doing a lot of tarot cards and I was going really heavily into the witchcraft path. I started to study herbal magic very, very early on in my witch path. And then one day I was just like driving home from work when I had still had a day job and I got this like this pull in me to like go to the Botanica, the store that sells all the witchcraft supplies, all the brujeria stuff. And something was whispering in my ear. Obviously it was Santa Muerte. It was a spirit visitation. And she, she wouldn't like leave the car. She was like, you have to drive to the store and get a candle. As soon as you walk into the store, you're going to know what candle you want. You have to get a Santa Muerte one. And at this point, I had never really like read about her. I I had I had very little knowledge about who she was. The only thing I knew was that people were really scared of her. And so I went in, basically being driven by the spirit, and I grabbed a black and red reversible spell candle that had Santa Muerte on it. And I, I remember the very, I mean, I remember the way the candle looked and its image and everything. And I remember having a little bit of fear and just really questioning whether or not I actually wanted to to become a devotee or like to light a candle for her. Because rumor has it, if you start the faith, you can't leave the faith very easily. And mm. so it's a very, it's like a very commitment based faith. So I, I grabbed it. And like, you know, as soon as I had a hold of that candle, I, I knew that the path was going to be for me because I started to have like a bunch of visions about her. She was communicating super easily to me. And, and then the lady at the shop counter said, Hey, you know, she's evil. Like you don't want to take her home. And I said to her, I said, I'm going to ignore what you're saying because that's a stereotype. And I, and if she felt that way, why would she sell their candles? Well, that's the thing about a lot of, uh, practitioners that especially people who make a bunch of money from selling Santa Muerte stuff, like she's so popular that like, if you own a botanica and you don't have candles for her, it's a bad business move. It Mm. like, she pretty much is in every single magical store because of how many devotees she has, like how easily she works with people and and how miraculous she is. So long story short, I, I first kind of like started doing just devotional work, which is prayers, you know, and reading her Bible and, and really just lighting candles and doing spell work with her. She's also like right around that time, I did my first real spell and obviously like she supercharges everything. So I remember the first spell I did was so simple. I, it was just a protection spell that I did with a sigil. You know, I drew a symbol and I, I used some salt and I, and I wrote like a little rhyme and I got what I wanted two days after finishing my spell At the time, I was dealing with a roommate who I just couldn't stand. We were having so much conflict. And I did a protection spell because her father was being very verbally, you know, verbally and mentally abusive to me. So Mm. what ended up happening, I lit the candle. I said the prayers to Santa Muerte and she was in the room. And then this roommate miraculously I went on a trip and I left for a couple days and then I got back and all of her stuff was gone. And she was 
completely moved out into a different place. Uh, it was oh. like, so it was so shocking. It was such a big result from like a tiny spell that I thought would not even result in this. And boom, I mean, it's just been so nice ever since because that's just kind of how the manifestations that I put into the world happen. You know, I end up getting, I end up getting pretty great results. And I'm a devotee of Santa Muerte because she is, uh, you know, she's an ancient death deity and I'm really, really drawn to death work. I feel like it's really important to destigmatize the dying process and death. And it's really important to help people and support them through grief. And so that's an arena of work that I also am exploring, uh, grief work and grief support. And, and she is, um, you know, she's just amazing. And a lot of people don't understand her. A lot of people talk about the fact that she's a cult, you know, and, and I don't necessarily like that term because I feel like she's, you know, this patron deity, like the new patron deity of Mexico, and she's just very loving. And uh, in my opinion, you know, everything that people say about her being violent and kind of evil is a very small fraction of the people that practice with her. She is, in my opinion, I always tell people, she's portrayed as a skeleton deity, but in reality, like the way that I see her, she's this very like lovable, sensual, and powerful witchy woman she you know she that's who she is like in my opinion as a spirit she may be presented a certain way like a grim reaper type but on the inside and in her spirit she's a very beautiful indigenous woman you know she's quite quite amazing and i've you know i've received visitations from her in her skeletal form and in her human form that was actually one of the very first posts um, that I remember seeing from you was about what does she look like? Because I think at the time, like you had seen a pretty like whitewashed version of her, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. I remember like it was several posts in a row because I kept referencing back to like, check out my last post. Um, and this was on Instagram. And I remember reading about the way that you described her like visually and thinking like, you know, I, I grew up in a place, in a, in a house where I wasn't allowed to have like t-shirts with skulls on it because my mom hates them. Like, she's like, oh, they're so gross, <laughs> don't wear them. So like, I've always kind of had that ingrained in my, in my psyche of like, oh, skulls are gross or like decorative, like you shouldn't have that. And so I started working past that, obviously, the more that I discovered like my own spiritual path and things like that. But when I read the way that you discussed the, like her appearance and how important it is that people see her as both this skeleton Grim Reaper style, but also as this beautiful brown indigenous woman. I was like, that is such a powerful message about death, I think, and about how like you can't just see the death in it. Like you also have to see the beautiful and like what it was and what it stood for. Um, Honestly, that was like the one thing that got me hooked on your work. I was like, I need to know everything she has to say about this. Yay. Well, I'm glad. And you can definitely, you know, after we, um, now we have, uh, like a good working relationship. So if you ever have any more questions, like I, I'm definitely down to, to answer those for you and to help you to, you know, um, I guess, get to know her, get to know the truths about her, if that interests you and just death work in general, you know, that like anything that seems interesting that I do, like, feel free to ask me about it. Like I'm, 
I'm really open. And that's, uh, you know, it's funny. I'm different than a lot of witches because I'm a, I'm an Aquarius and Aquarius is a very, you know, we're very rebellious. We really like to not be the same as other people. So on my Instagram, I have said multiple times that it is my truest belief that the more I spread the word of Santa Muerte and the truth about her, like the better. So like to everyone in the world, like I will always talk about her. I, you know, I keep very little secret, you know, about her. I, I share all my visions about her. I share all of my knowledge that she's transferred to me because at times she comes to me and she will deliver, you know, these huge important messages about herself, you know, about how, who she was in a, in a, you know, in her ancient times and, and secrets about her, you know, but I, I really just think openness is important when it comes to this stuff and, and publicity. And, uh, she is also very widely known. Like, actually I have a follower who is from, I believe the Philippines and he has like a, a worship practice of her that's very serious. Mm-hmm. And so she's growing worldwide. Like I have followers in Australia, who are really into her. So it's just a beautiful thing to see the faith grow and like to see people coming to, uh, the idea of her is also that she represents justice. And so she like will bring, she'll bring blessings upon people who need it because of like how unjust the world is. Mm, so, you know, that is so she's important. Real- so that's important, you know, and, and, um, the more we talk about her as a, you know, I'm not saying everybody has to worship her, but the more that people destigmatize her and don't be scared of her, the better. And, um, yeah, so I, I'm so happy that you asked me about her because I really do really, really enjoy talking about her. Well, good. You should. And you should continue being a voice because honestly, like from someone who, again, grew up in a very censored, <laughs> tight, uh-huh. knit, you know, skulls are scary kind of home for you to be able to like break through those walls of childhood and show me that like she is beautiful and important and has serious power to bring to the world. Like that's, that's a big deal. So please keep talking about her. I almost wanted to say like the opposite side of the coin, but I guess it's not really, um, you do death work, but you also just came out with a book in December about love potions. So I imagine that means that you do a lot of love work as well. Yes. Can so, I talk about your book? <laughs> of course. Yeah. I'm so excited. This is actually, I think only like the first or second time I'm talking about it on a podcast. So we'll spill everything you need. Yeah, let me spill. Out. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I wish you and I were together in a room, like drinking actual tea and just like, you know, being like, <laughs> like hanging out. Um, oh, I'm here. I'm invested. I am oh, in I the space. It. I love it. <laughs> so basically, uh, so the book is titled Cosmopolitan Love Potions. I, in 2019, Cosmopolitan wrote an article about influencer witches. And fortunately, they chose me, uh, even as, you know, when my following was way smaller, you know, I, I think I had 25,000 followers at, at that time. They chose me as one of their influencers. And that was like a really big deal. I, you know, I, I got super excited. Cosmopolitan is like my one of my favorite magazines because I've always loved uh, being very sex positive. And so I... I got contacted by the company to write a book. They wanted a series of books on love magic and love and sex magic. And so they hired Sean, who is another really awesome witch and me to, to basically write these books that were going to be released 
on behalf of the brand and really, you know, really focus on the aspects of sex and healing and love because that's what Cosmopolitan kind of puts out to the world. Right. So it took me a year to write the book. It, it, it was such a long process, but uh, every recipe in that book is a channeled recipe, meaning that it's coming from my spiritual guides speaking to me and saying, hey, this is a potion you should put in there, create this one. I tried to be as unique as possible. There are uh, about, I think she said there ended up being around like 40 recipes in there, 40 or 45. So the book is instructional. It, I, I designed it so that a beginner could pick it up and say, oh, well, I want to do this type of magic. Like Valeria is teaching me in this book. The uh, book contains a little bit of astrology knowledge and then a, a section on candle magic, a section on meditation. And so I'm, I'm really just happy with the way that it turned out because it's my first book and I, and I really authentically write it from the perspective of being a bruja, of being a, a practitioner of the Mexican witchcraft. It, it has a lot of elements of spirit, you know, of uh, Mexican spirituality really intertwined in it. So mm. I'm really proud that, you know, and happy that Cosmopolitan would, you know, let me put my voice out this way. So in the book, I, I teach people, I'll talk about one so that your listeners get a little bit of an insight. Like I keep telling you, I have a lot of secrets. Like the reason that my magic is super successful is because I have a lot of secrets. And so one of my secrets, I, I really love to share them when I know that this particular secret is going to really transform someone on a, I was on a medicinal mushroom trip once and I was, I was with spirit. Like I was talking to plants. I was, all I was doing was like listening to flowers, like hearing their vibrations and really zoning into their energy. And the plant started to talk to me about how to do magic with plants. It said that it was important for you to visualize the spirit of the plant being a person or being like a thing then to use that visualization to empower the herb and to get to know its qualities. So I wrote about that in the book. I wrote about how the the elder who brought me that wisdom, uh, her name is Maria Sabina, and she's a very popular mushroom healer. She's deceased. Um, you know, she's an ancestor now. But I wrote a little bit about her and like how she taught me to do magic with herbs and my vis my unique visualization techniques for doing magic and empowering herbs. And then I wrote uh, basically uh, a variety of recipes on what I would call the love spectrum. So for example, let's say someone wants to attract a lover with a, a spell candle, you know, a couple's candle or a red candle of some sort. There's an oil recipe in there. The oils are really important in magic so that you can use them on your candles and on yourself. So I wrote one for that. You know, I wrote one for increasing, you know, sex drive. There's aphrodisiac stuff in there. There is a couple of cocktails that you can make that are designed and empowered to work with the goddess energy and to help you attract love. One of my favorite recipes in there, which I actually have never really seen a witch do this recipe before. I have a, a happy home potpourri, magical potpourri, which is like 
um, it's like scented and it has orris root, which is like a love attracting root. Mm. And it basically, the recipe in there tells you how to um, mix it with essential oils and like herbs. And that potpourri creates a happy home and it heals it heals like relationships. So I added a lot of stuff in there about heartbreak, obviously, because I'm not married, you know, I'm single. Uh, and I have been single for like so long. And whenever I got asked to write the book about love, I questioned myself. I said, you know, what the heck? Like, you know, I'm not even in a, in a freaking committed relationship. Like who am I to write this book? Mm. So I, that's why I approached the book on a, on a very broad spectrum because I wanted to, I wanted to the book to speak to people who were married and people who were not married and people who were, you know, polyamorous. I wanted it to speak to LGBTQ folks. I wanted it to be uh, something that anybody could pick up and do magic with, not just like someone who wants to fall in love. And the funny, the funniest part about that is that, you know, as I've gone on a love journey myself and, you know, and I advise plenty, plenty of people on love stuff. I, so I'm polyamorous. I am very heavily identified as polyamorous because it is, I like to be in, um, I like to be in threesome relationships. Like I like to have two partners at a time. And while I was writing my book, I actually had, like, I was in love with someone who, and he inspired some of the potions, you know, he was, uh, he's a, he's also a brujo, also a young musician. I was fortunate enough to like be able to conjure some of those recipes coming from a really genuine place of being in love. Mm. And then during, because the book took a year to write, uh, during that year, we, we broke up, like we were, we had problems, you know, and, and that also inspired some of the recipes, you know, how do I heal myself? I had had, oh my goodness. Like, so that was my first big heartbreak. Oh, I guess my second big heartbreak of 2019. And then like, and then I dated someone you know, who was absolutely head over heels in love with me. And that was really amazing because that was right at the end of writing the book. And so I was having some really transformative love then. And that fueled some of the recipes. That was a really beautiful, amazing um, guy as well. And then my marriage potions and the some of the other ones are really inspired by my two best friends who are literally one of the best couples I've ever met in my life. They are made for each other and their energy together is so beautiful. You know, they are, I just, I'm so thankful that I also got to experience um, their love and to really like uh, be a part of it. And so those are the people that really inspired the book. All of it was coming from this breath of experience, you know, of like, really just being open and, um, vulnerable and feeling. So I, you know, just, if I, I don't know, spilling a lot of details, but I think it's a fun story that, you know, a lot of people don't know about that book. And I think it's cool. Like, you know, the fact that I, I didn't get to write about it in the book. I, in the initial drafts of the book, I had written about being polyamorous and I had written about uh, a little bit of my personal experience with love and, it ended up not in, it didn't end up in the book because we went for a more very magic heavy approach, not so much narrative, but it definitely, you know, it, it makes me think, you know, I'm glad I wrote that book because I'm very open to finding love and like, I want it. And I'm like, you know, I very recently had a breakup that was just really painful. And I, you know, and healing from that stuff is a part of love magic. That's what a lot of people 
you know, a lot of people want to focus on finding love and then they're, they're not doing it because they're not healed. And so, you know, this book you will find, hopefully you can get your hands on a copy. Um, and then you'll learn, you know, it, you'll learn a little bit about specific herbs that are used in brujeria. And so it's a love magic book, but it is also incredibly useful for just general herbal magic and general like learning because I teach you how to make so many things like there's recipes in there for salves. So beeswax salves, there's recipe in there for massage bars. There is, and there's a lot of sex magic stuff in there too. So it's like, even if you're married, like, especially, you know, if you're looking to like honor Valentine's day or like do something really special for your marriage, then like, that's why I designed a lot of the aphrodisiac potions because it, you know, it, sometimes people, if they want a little more magic in their marriage, in their life, if they want to fix a conflict or they really want to get through something tough, then that's why I made those recipes. Like there's there's two or three recipes in there for like reconciliation and like for like when people get in fights. And the salves are crystal salves. There's um there's a recipe in there for an herbal lube that you can use that has crystals in it. There's like a recipe for a sex toy cleaner. Uh, bubble bath, um, beauty magic is in there too. So beauty magic is a part of love magic. But the idea is that like, I created these recipes for people to be able to just, you know, heal themselves and use them in every aspect of their life. Pretty much. That is so absolutely perfect. I don't know if I told you pre-recording, but your episode comes out on February 12th. So just two days before Valentine's day. So anyone looking for a last minute love Valentine's day, witchy gift get yourself a copy of Love Potions. (laughs) Um, That is so perfect. Cool. So it sounds like, I mean, you have, like I said a few times, so many different amazing facets of what you do. But if you could pick, I always like to end an episode with, like if you could pick one piece of advice or like something that has always stuck with you throughout your spiritual practice that you feel is important to share with other people, what do you think that that piece of advice would be? Wow, I love this question because it's so deep. I'm thinking of two things. So two is great. Go for both. <laughs> so the first thing is that it I believe that it's really important for everyone to live by their own rules and to like really not be afraid to live authentically, regardless of how different it feels. You know, I, I think some of my biggest advice is like being a rebel is actually a great thing and to be true to yourself. Then the other piece of advice that I think is really important is for people to remember that the universe, the cosmos, you know, who I, who I consider a deity in itself is a real thing. And I, and I always tell people, you need to remember that you're very unique as a human. You have a third eye that connects you to the other worlds and to the universe specifically. And it's really important for people to find what that dialogue feels like. Because I know that in my spiritual journey, like once I found out just how much the universe like speaks to me and it brings me things and, and like resonates with my vibration, that is, is key to making anything happen. So know your vibration, you know, and attune yourself above all, I would say just for everyone, it's useful to attune yourself to the universe and to the power that the cosmos has to offer you. I believe that that's like a really easy form of like spirituality. And also to every practitioner who practices the law of attraction, 
you know, they will tell you that this is a real thing. And so frequency, knowing your energy, connecting and, you know, resonating on a deep level with the universe and then not being afraid to live your life by your rules. You know, it's a very popular saying in magic, do as thou wilt. It, it was made very famous by Aleister Crowley. And I really think that, you know, obviously I'm not encouraging people to, you know, go out and be violent and do that stuff. But, <laughs> you know, I really like that motto and, and living by it because it, if there's stigma around anything, you need to be, you need to be able to overcome that, you know, and like get past it and have your power intact. And so, yeah, I know that was a long, long kind of almost like speech. It was, needed. It was so good. I love a good speech. I love a good inspiration message. It was perfect. It was everything I needed. <laughs> Thank you. And I think I just want to add, like, I think that those two things go together so well, because I think when people finally do stop, like you said, giving a fuck what other people think, and they just are like, I'm going to do what I feel called to do. I'm going to be rebellious. I'm going to act the way that I need to act. I think people find that they actually end up more in tune with the universe and with spirit because they are called to be that for a reason, you know, like change doesn't happen. The world wasn't created by people who follow the same rules all the time. Rebellion nope. and going against the grain and changing things and trying new stuff is absolutely what makes us progress forward. And I think ultimately just gets us closer and closer to being in tune with spirit and the universe. So I think that was absolutely perfect. I love everything you said. It's making my heart race. I'm just so excited. <laughs> Good. Yay. I'm glad. If people want to learn more about you, learn about your magic, become your new best friend, what is the best way for them to keep in contact with you? Of course. I So I run my business on my website, themexicanwitch.com. That's where you can book me if you're interested in getting a mediumship reading or a tarot reading. My prices are all listed on there and those are available. I have an open schedule. And I am on Instagram at the Mexican Witch. I keep it pretty standard. Uh, my Twitter is the same thing. And my YouTube, which is like my 2020 goal is row on YouTube. So please, if you feel called, you can reach out to me on YouTube comments. I'm going to be answering every single YouTube comment in an effort to create and bring traffic to my page and email. Like I am, I'm consistently collaborating with people and I'm consistently looking for opportunities to support other people. And my email is themexicanwitch at gmail.com. Cool. Well, thank you so much again for being on the show. I loved having you and I look forward to maybe chatting in the future. Of course. Yeah. Future episode or meeting in person. You never know. Things happen yes. and you're... You're so close to New Orleans that you need to you need to get a cheap flight over here. Done. Sign me up. I'll be there soon. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. That was my conversation with Valeria Ruelas. I had such a great time chatting with her and learning all about her magic. If you're interested in doing the same, you can reach out to Valeria. I highly recommend that you do. She is truly kind and very informative. If you want to do so, you can check out her work on Instagram at The Mexican Witch, or you can head over to her website, themexicanwitch.com. 
Her book, Cosmopolitan Love Potions, is currently available wherever books are sold and is perfect for the Valentine's Day season. If you're out there and you're looking for content on love, by the way, don't forget to check out thediviner.life.com so you can get your own copy of this month's Diviner magazine. There is plenty of love to go around. While you're out there adventuring the internet, take some time to also follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find me at The Diviner Life. Subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on new episodes, like next week, where we will get some enlightening information on secular Buddhism and the power of mindfulness with Ted Meissner. Thanks for listening. Remember to share with your local botanica, your favorite bruja, your valentine, your galantine, or whoever else you may come in contact with today. Don't forget that I love you. I appreciate you. And until next time, be true, be you, be omnist. Okay.